It's a joy once again to be with you. We're here at Central Park Neighborhood Church and teaching on the subject of the Holy Spirit. In the first message that we shared with you, we, we looked at the, the Holy Spirit being involved in our creation with mankind and not only looking at creation of mankind, the purpose of man, amen, the ability of the spirit that God has given to us as individuals and how he calls us, gives us definite purpose, definite timing, the definite placement of God in our lives around the planet. And not only that, but we, we've looked at the, the thought process of the Holy Spirit being involved, uh, you know, in our lives and bringing us to Christ and setting up different circumstances and, and bringing uh, people into our lives and using us in other people's lives. And those are definite, definite things that God has done and continues to do involving humanity. And so we want to carry on here with the, with the Holy Spirit. And we left off with basically in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, Nicodemus coming to Jesus and asking him, uh, some questions and Jesus answering his questions by uh, being entering into the kingdom of God. We looked at the kingdom of God in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we looked a little bit and began, uh, just began to crack open the, the, the idea of the Holy Spirit being involved in our salvation. And we will begin now with Titus chapter 3. Verse 5, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, concerning the Holy Spirit here. Titus 3, 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to get saved without the Holy Spirit. Those who are born again have the Holy Spirit. There's much controversy on different, depending on which stream you're in, but... Listen, the Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation. And when we get saved, there's a work that the Holy Spirit does. And when you look at this verse, uh, I'll read it again. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. There isn't anything we can do concerning our own salvation. But according to his mercy, he saved us. It's God's mercy that's involved in our salvation. And then he says, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, be, before Christ, uh, we are in our sin. We don't have the Holy Spirit. We are, we are dominated by the kingdom of darkness. Our life is, is filled with sin. It's filled with selfishness, selfish desires. But uh, the Bible says, You have the quickened or given life who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Uh, but God, who is rich in mercy, amen, he loves us. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's not your works, but it is God who saves us. And so he's been, there's been a washing of regeneration. When I think of uh, regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, I think of a, an old, uh, uh, run-down, dilapidated, forsaken building. Um, you see them many times. You go by them. Sometimes the, the windows are boarded up. Uh, the grass is completely out of control, the bushes are out of control, uh, the gutter is falling off, maybe even some windows might even be broken, that's why the, the boards are up there. Uh, inside the building is cold, there's no heat in it, there's no electricity, things are deteriorating. 
and many times there, there's mice, there's all kinds of creatures, the raccoon and different creatures that come in. And the longer that that goes on, the, the worse condition that that building is in. But uh, then there comes uh, along someone who looks at that piece of property, who has an eye and can see what that building can be if we do some renovation to it. And so uh, someone, a builder, for example, he would come in, take all the uh, excess boards off, and he would begin to renovate the building, put in new windows. Uh, if there's plumbing issues, fix the plumbing. If there's electrical issues, fix the bring the uh, electrical issues up to code, bring it up to code and paint the place, probably put a new roof on it to check the foundation to see how that is. And when it's done, you totally do not recognize the building. You say, man, was that, is, that can't be. It's like a whole new building. And uh, that building then is brought back to purpose. It's brought back to usefulness and for what it's intended for. And so when we see that uh, in this verse, he's, there's a washing of regeneration, renewal. When the Spirit of God were born into the kingdom of God, the blood of Jesus Christ does a work in our life. Sin is not covered like it was in the Old Testament, but sin is removed. We, we looked at a verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Everything has become new. It's like the old dilapidated building. The builder came in and totally tore out all of the useless rot, everything that needed to be removed, and made it new. Likewise, the Spirit of God it comes into our life uh, the blood of Christ comes in, removes our sin. We're born into the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We see then that our life then is changed. It's totally made new. And uh, there's been a renewing of the Holy Spirit in our life. But that experience with the Holy Spirit is only really the beginning when it comes to uh, are, are being reconnected with God. We need to go on and we need to continue experiencing uh, more of the work of the Spirit of God, walking with God and knowing Him and what He's done and what the Spirit does for us. Grow in that knowledge. Don't uh, just stop and say, well, I have everything I need and, and I don't want any more. But be open to what the Bible says. Be open to what the Scriptures say. And, uh, and be a partaker, be a learner, be a disciple, and learn more about the Spirit of God in the Scriptures. Uh, Paul writes to the Ephesians church. He talks to them that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. We need to grow and ask the Holy Spirit even to open our mind and, and because he's the great teacher of the church. He's the one, the, the illuminator of the Word of God. He's the one who can open this this book that we call the Bible. He's the one that can open our understanding to understand it. So when we understand it, we can walk in it. We can experience. The Holy Spirit has many more things for us to experience. Uh, I'm going to call it a whole life uh, uh, of journeying experience that he has for us with him. It's, it's exciting to, to walk with the Lord. And it's exciting to see what he will do. It's exciting to grow with him and to know him. All right, so we see then that there's been a renewing of the Holy Spirit 
uh, in our salvation experience. There's, there's, there's just been a, I'm going to call it this, there's been an upheaval in our life. The upheaval is that the old is gone, all been removed, and the newness has come. And, uh, amen, we have the Spirit of God living within us. Then uh, in our next experience that I want to just touch on is Romans chapter 6, where it talks about water baptism. And we, we need to consider uh, the Holy Spirit even in our, in our water baptism. And when we, we look at Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? He, he asked the question there. He says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. If we are dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For, he that, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And he says, likewise, likewise, reckon, or... Take, take a consideration here of yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Can I suggest to you that when we're water baptized and we go down into that water, amen, there's death in that water. If you are held under long enough, you will begin to go blub, 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 and there will be bubbles in there. Uh, you can't breathe underwater. There's death in the water. But you are going and you are identifying with the death of Christ. The question I have is, did Jesus stay and remain dead? Did he remain in the, te- the tomb? The answer is no, he did not. He was raised again the third day. So when we go into water baptizing, uh, baptism, we are going down into the waters of baptism. We're identifying with Christ. Uh, uh, we, there's an old man that dies, but we come up in newness of life. Can I suggest that resurrection life... Uh, the resurrection spirit life of, of the Spirit of God is there in our water baptism, and it's an experience that we need to partake of. It's an experience that we need to do. It's not just an answer of a good conscience towards God. It is that. But there's so much more in water baptism. We take on his name. We have a family name. Amen. There's a death that takes place. It's the old man. Amen. He goes down and he dies and we come up in newness of life. So when we get into temptation, when we get into trial and the old man is trying to say, well, I'm alive and well, you can say, no, you are dead. I walk in resurrection life. I walk in the life of the spirit. I walk in victory because I have followed the Lord in water baptism. So the spirit of God is also in the experience of water baptism, salvation, Amen. Renovation. There's been a renovating. Amen. A newness that's come. The Holy Spirit has come. Then we see the Holy Spirit. uh, Amen. uh, In water baptism, there's a death that takes place. uh, And then there is a resurrection. We come and walk in the newness of life. uh, And it's the Spirit of God. Amen. That that does these things in our life. 
And if you have not been water baptized, uh, I challenge you today, I challenge you even now, give this some considerable thought about being water baptized, identifying with Jesus, uh, amen, so that you can be free from the power of sin. The penalty of sin was broken when you became saved. The price was paid for it. When you come to water baptism, the power of sin is broken. The old uh, man is killed. He's killed off so you can walk in newness of life. Uh, The Spirit of God does a work in you. And I want to encourage you, if you have not been water baptized, get into that experience. Partake of that experience. Look at the truth of it. Amen. And walk in it. And so we find that the the Holy Spirit is involved in in that, I'm going to call it that second step of laying our foundation. And I'm using a a three-step foundation here uh, for our lives. The other, another step that I want to look at is uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Acts uh, chapter 2, you'll find uh, uh, that as the early believers were had just experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared in them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so here we find another experience with the Spirit of God. Here's another opportunity to grow in knowing the Spirit of God, and not only in knowing Him, but there's many things that take place with this experience. Salvation, there are certain things that take place. Water baptism, certain things that take place with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is another experience, and it has many things that take place in our life that we need to be a partaker of. Uh, so you'll find in, in Acts chapter 2, it says, um, in chapter 2, you'll find that they preached the message because the people were a little bit confused about what was going on, what God was doing. Uh, and uh, Peter stands up and he preaches the message, and the people respond to his message. And they said, well, what must we, what must we do here? You know, how are we going to respond to this message? And Peter said to them in verse 38, he says, repent, be baptized. There's that salvation part. There's that baptism part. And then he says, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And then he says this, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now he says, the Holy Spirit now is a gift. He himself is a gift to each individual. A gift. Freely. Freely he gives it, okay? And then he says this, For the promise is unto you, first of all, that generation, the promise was given unto you, and then he says to your children, the next generation, and then to all that are far off. That's all of the generations beyond Acts chapter 2. That's for us today. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. So we find then that in our foundational experience, we find that basically there's a cleaning that comes, there's a renewing that comes, 
there is a resurrection life of the spirit that is experienced. Then we find the next step in this whole process is that there is that infilling, the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes into your heart and into your life. And you're going to find that in Acts chapter 1, uh, there's a statement here that Jesus makes uh, to the disciples because they were asking him about um, uh, the kingdom of God and he preached 40 days. That's quite a message uh, on one subject. 40 days he spent talking to them about the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them. In Acts 1-4, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but he says, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So here he's saying, there's another experience coming to your life. Verse 6, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They went back to a time of David when the kingdom, Israel and the kingdom, are very strong and ruling. They were thinking of a natural kingdom. Uh, but Jesus didn't go to the natural kingdom. And the thing that he answers them, and he says, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But he says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And so he goes to them and he's talking to them about receiving the Holy Spirit and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things uh, that uh, is very evident from Scripture here is the fact that that, uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit in being baptized, immersed into the Holy Spirit, uh, we find that, that power comes from that. Uh, we don't find that, that power comes from the place of salvation. That's positioning. We don't find that power comes from uh, uh, water baptism other than the power of sin is broken. But that is strictly for the old man dying and, and resurrection life being there. Now we find that power, it, it, this is the dunamis. This is the making things possible. This is the miraculous. This is... Uh, the infilling of God himself, the Spirit of God coming to us uh, and equipping us now, now really to begin to be who we are and doing the things that God wants us to do. The Spirit of God, amen, comes uh, and he moves in. He resides within us. uh, And when he resides within us, can I say to you that as you look at my body, as you look at what I'm saying, you see me. You see my big ears. uh, uh, You see my gray beard. uh, uh, you, you, You see that I'm wearing glasses. You see on the outward. But on the inward, uh, the in, true me is on the inside of this body that you see. But on inside of this body, there's another person alive and well inside of me. Amen. It's the Spirit of God. He also lives in this body. And uh, because he lives and because he is a person, of which we will take another lesson on, the person of the Holy Spirit, uh, he wants to demonstrate himself through my life. And when he demonstrates himself through my life, there are certain ways and certain things that he does. Once again, we will look at those things as we continue this series. So the Spirit of God then comes with this experience. One of the things is the power of God. It makes things possible. It's beyond you. Many times what God asks us to do, it's beyond human capacity. It's beyond human ability. 
it uh, requires something supernatural. It requires something that is beyond what I have as a human being. It's the Spirit of God. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, when uh, we are ministering in Africa, in Uganda, um, we're standing before the people, and the people, there's such need, and there's, there's such, oh, there's so many needs of, of healing, and so much disease, and so much uh, that the people are subject to. And when you get into the midst of all of that, uh, if you let your eyes begin to wander and begin to look at what's around you, you can become a little bit discouraged because the need is so great. But when you look, uh, amen, with the eyes, uh, and you look through the eyes of the Spirit of God, and you see these people and these individuals, you realize Jesus died for them. Not only did Jesus die for them, but Jesus, amen, has given power or abilities uh, to those that he's called, amen, to do something about these kinds of things. I've seen blind eyes open. I have seen cripples walk. I have seen, I remember once when uh, I was in Pakistan, there was in the meeting, there was a woman they brought, they specifically brought her, she was paralyzed. And they passed her over the heads of the people with their hands. And when her feet hit the first step, uh, uh, right where I was standing, the power of God hit this woman. She was totally healed. Paralysis was gone. She come running up the steps and she tackled me. She almost knocked me down. It was the power of God. It was the Spirit of God in operation. God was doing powerful things. And we need to have that same kind of mind. God will use me and he will use you to do powerful things. Why? Because the Spirit of God has taken root, if I can say that. He's at home. He lives. He abides within us. Amen. Uh, uh, Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He resides there. Chapter 6, verse 16, basically says the same thing. The Holy Spirit, uh, amen, resides within us. Uh, our bodies that houses us, that gets older, that uh, sometimes fails. Sometimes, uh, amen, your hair gets gray and, and you age. Uh, listen, the Holy Spirit inside of you is, is eternal, and we're going to go be with him eternally. Hallelujah. But he lives inside of you. And because he lives inside of you, he wants to express himself, who he is, through you to others. So what does that do for us? Why do we bring this up? It's because when he is inside of you and he lives inside of you and takes residence there, anything is possible. When he tells us and challenges us to do things, we need to step out because we're not alone. We're not by ourselves. It is the Almighty God. It's the Spirit of God who lives within us. And when he lives within us, amen, things are possible. The dead can be raised. Amen. The sick can be healed. The blinded eyes can be opened. The cripples can walk. The palsy can be healed. Amen. And we see Jesus doing that and demonstrating the kingdom for us. And he wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to be his hands extended. He wants us to walk and go where he would walk and he would go. Amen. And so that's what, what the Holy Spirit does. He sends us. He sends us. Amen. To do his work. And that's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. That's the power that lives inside of you even this day. So once again, it's a journey. 
It's a growing. It's walking and experiencing the Spirit of God. Don't uh, just uh, say, well, it, it, you know, it's just this much. And I, I, no, 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 no. Grow in your knowledge. Grow in your abilities. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's this Bible that we, we read and we study. And when we read and we study, we grow in the knowledge of who he is, how he acts, how he thinks, how he, how he wants us to believe, how he wants us to, to function in this life that God has called us to be in. And so consequently, he wants us to grow in the knowledge. But in growing in the knowledge, he says, grow in grace. What is grace? Grace is the divine favor that is upon your heart. But it's not only upon your heart, then it reflects out of your heart. In other words, what he gives you, it comes forth in the ability of God. It comes forth in demonstration who God is. Grace and gifts are synonymous terms. Grace and gifts. He, he graces you. He gifts you. And so because of that, the Spirit of God deposits himself within you, and then he wants to be released out of your life. And so that's exciting to me. In other words, it doesn't depend on me. It only depends on my obedience to do what he wants me to do. The rest of it is up to him. The rest of it is up to his ability. Amen. I, I can't raise the dead. It takes the Spirit of God to raise the dead. I can't heal the sick. It takes the Spirit of God. It's a God move. And when we are obedient to Him, God moves. So I want to challenge you. If one, you know, if you haven't been water baptized, get water baptized. If you have not been uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, get yourself filled with the Spirit of God. Find out. Learn about it. Experience it. Uh, I will never forget to, um, as a young boy, my experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that is just like my salvation. I haven't forgot that day. I haven't forgot that time. I haven't forgot my water baptism. I remember the place. I remember the name of the river. I remember the time, and I remember what took place. Uh, I remember when I was filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, it was a Sunday night uh, in the Assembly of God Church in, in Darrington, Washington. There was a whole bunch of us young people there. Then we were all filled with the Spirit of God, and we were under the influence of the Spirit of God for hours, uh, uh, speaking in tongues and praying and waiting on God and God ministering to us, and and a tremendous, tremendous experience. And so I encourage you, grow in the Spirit, experiencing Him. Today, uh, I'll give you some illustrations uh, of what takes place when we are ministering in some of the crowds that we go into Africa, into Uganda. Well, there have been times when we we are in a conference or, or we are even, well, just on a pastor's conference, but there's many people there. Uh, we, I simply ask the question, how many of you are filled with the Spirit? And many people, many, many people are not filled with the Spirit of God. And, I, and then I ask the question, how many of you want to experience God in this dimension? How many of you want to grow in your relationship with God? And, and the people, uh, they, they don't just raise their hand. No, they come running and they come by the hundreds. And so then we simply instruct them a little bit, uh, maybe teach a little bit from the Word of God. And then after we uh, teach from the Word of God, we ask the Spirit of God, come and fill us. Uh, 
and it's amazing what happens. Those people just simply lift their hands and the Spirit of God falls on them. And by the hundreds, they're filled with the Spirit of God. God comes on them. Things begin to take place. Not only are they filled with the Spirit of God, but as they're filled with the Spirit of God, the miraculous begins to take place. Those that are crippled all of a sudden begin to walk. We had the last conference we had two women, the first two women came up. They said, we came to this meeting and we were both blind, but now we can see. Why? Because the Spirit of God fell. The Spirit of God began to move. And when God begins to move, things begin to happen because the impossible is possible. So I challenge you, amen, get filled with the Spirit of God, speaking, amen, with other tongues, praying in the Spirit. Jude verse 20, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. There's times when you feel down. There's times when you don't know what to do. Listen, you begin to have your spirit pray. You begin to pray and you begin to talk to the talk to God, amen, in that unknown language. And you're going to find there will be a building that comes to your life. There will be a, a recharging that comes to your life. Amen. There will be a power that will come to your life. There's no room for discouragement. There's no room for depression. There's no room for all these things that weigh in upon us. Be filled. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians tells us. Be filled with the Spirit. Singing, making melody in your heart. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs unto the Lord. What is it? It's a communication with God. It's a communication, the Spirit of God communicating. Amen. Hallelujah. So we find then that the, the Holy Spirit, amen, is something we want to grow in our experience. Amen. And continue growing in it. We don't want to just stop there. Because that is just the foundation of things. It's just the foundation from the foundation we begin to build even more upon that, more experiences with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Things that he wants to do, things that he, not only does he want to do, but he wants to do them through me and through you. And, and when we have that relationship with him, uh, that makes it possible. All things are possible. That's what the word power means, to make it possible. Beyond me and beyond you. All right, so there's that kind of puts together our foundation. It kind of puts together the really the the initial steps of, of after we become know we know God and we are, we're known of Him. He, we know Him and we begin to grow in that experience of salvation, water baptism, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, we 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 want to continue on from there. I, I also want to step back for just a minute and I want to read. Uh, Second uh, Chronicles chapter three verse sixteen. I, I mentioned it already, but I want to go back and I want to touch it on it. I want us to understand this. The Second Second uh, Chronicles chapter three verse sixteen. It says, uh, "Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away." Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. All right. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. Here, he's talking about the Spirit of God, and where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. I want to suggest to you, liberty is the ability to change. I want to suggest to you that liberty not only is the ability to change, but liberty is that experience that we have with the Spirit of God, amen, that 
fortifies and helps us to grow in knowing him. And then the Bible talks to us about not only that, but he talks to us that know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God, the temple of the living God. And so he lives with inside of us. And when we cover another session, I want to talk to you a little bit about the person of the Holy Spirit. We can't do that this hour, but we'll do it uh, in the next hour. But in your physical body, the Holy Spirit takes residence. He lives there. He is a person. And because he is a person, he wants to express himself. Every individual, every person that I know of, uh, at some point is going to like to talk. And many times, uh, uh, even people who are quiet and don't seemingly want to say much, when you get them alone and you, they find out that you have an interest in them, they're going to want to talk. They have a story. They have something to say. They have something they want someone else to know about them. And so, uh, likewise, when it is with the Spirit of God, you're going to find that he is a person, and he is a person who wants to talk. He wants to manifest himself. He wants others to know him. And how he does that, he does that through our lives. I'll give you a scripture for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says here, uh, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Okay? Uh, the manifestation, the, the exhibition of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to exhibit himself from your life. I, I want to make a statement here. God likes to show off. God likes, to, he wants people to know who he is. God wants to know not only who he is, what he can do, what he can do for you, how he can do it, and, and all of the miraculous things that are there. Uh, when I'm thinking about the woman I just told you about who, uh, she was paralyzed. Well, I don't know that she came to the meeting expecting to be healed. I don't know what her thought was, but I can tell you this, uh, I have a picture of her standing beside me, and the biggest smile is on her face. Why? Because she was totally healed. Her body, which was totally useless in a sense, uh, all of a sudden she could function again like a normal person. Why was that? It was the manifestation of the Spirit of God that came to her through those that were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how does he want to manifest himself? How does he want to uh, speak? And how does he want to work out of our life? He's in, we find in verses 8, 9, and 10. One is given by the Spirit a word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these worketh that one and self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. The will of the Spirit uh, is that he divides uh, expressions of himself to be, to be exhibited through our individual lives. Uh, and this includes all of the believers. Uh, all of the believers. He has filled us with himself. He has come and he's taken up residence within our body. He's come and he's taken up residence in our life. And we are flowing from a life, uh, amen, that's living in the kingdom of God. We've been made righteous. Uh, we don't have sin. Uh, we're filled with the power of God. And because of that, he wants to function through us. Uh, he desires to flow through us. Uh, he desires to exhibit himself through us. Uh, and so we as believers, as we grow 
fullness, our relationship with the Spirit, we can begin to expect uh, the one who's living inside of me, who's greater than I, who is not limited to anything, uh, he will exhibit himself uh, and he will do miraculous things through us. Uh, We need to have this kind of mindset. Uh, We are the believers of Jesus Christ. Uh, We are filled with his Spirit. uh, And because we're filled with his Spirit, uh, hallelujah, we can begin to do the works of God. The world uh, needs to see people, amen, who do the works of God. The world needs to see and demonstrate a God, not only who loves them, but see the things that He can do, amen, for them. He can heal them. He can bind up relationships. He can restore relationships. He can heal the physical body. He can He can take the broken spirit and heal it. He can take the, amen, mind which is built and twisted because of darkness. He can straighten it out. He can do miraculous things. You, people of God, are filled with this kind of power. You, people of God, He is the one who wants to manifest Himself through you. So I challenge you even this, uh, even this day that you allow the Spirit of God, amen, to flow through you. You say, how does this happen? I'll give you very simple steps. First of all, I will ask you, how many of you have a mind? And then the second question I ask, how many minds do you have? We have one mind. That's very simple. Well, we have one mind. It sits here right between my ears. And that one mind, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, I use this mind, I think through it. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, he speaks to my mind, he speaks to me, and I need to become acquainted with him. This is growing in relationship with him. This is knowing who he is. So when we grow in relationship with him and know his voice, he's going to begin to tell you things that he wants done. He begins to tell you ways that he wants to minister. He will send you to a neighbor, a man who's sick. Go to that neighbor and minister because he's sending you. He will send you to your neighbor. He will not only just send you to your neighbor, he may send you down the block. He may not only send you on the block, he may send you into another town. He may send you to another state. He may send you to another country. He's in the business of sending. The gospel is a go gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. So here we find that the Spirit of God is in the business of ministering to people. And because he's inside of you, he will speak to you. He will give you directions. He will give you understanding. And he will you will have to launch forward and begin to minister what he tells you to do. Once again, you cannot leave uh, the concept and the the truth of faith out of this. Uh, Even when he speaks to us, many times uh, it challenges our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So even God, when he speaks to us and puts something before us to minister, many times he puts it, he brings it just to a point where we have to step in faith and we have to move in faith. And as soon as we do, it's like fresh gasoline hitting the engine. When it hits that spark from the spark plug, there's ignition, there's power, there's a going forth, amen, of that engine. So when we move in faith of what he tells us to do, amen, the fire happens. 
happens. The, the energy happens. That which he wants to do is put into motion. And when he puts it into motion, listen, once again, it's not of you, but it is the spirit of the living God that's within you. Amen. It's his ability that flows through you. It's his life that flows through you. Take heart, believer. Take heart and believe that God, almighty God lives in me. And because he lives in me, he's going to flow through me. Hallelujah. God is good. This is growing in God. Growing in relationship to the Spirit of God. Growing in what He wants you to do. If you have not experienced these things that I'm talking about, begin to ask questions. Go to somebody and ask questions. What about this Spirit of God? I want this Spirit of God. Amen. Let there be hunger in your heart and grow. Amen. Receive and be enlarged even this day. The Lord bless you.